0: Okay, introducing our newest sponsor, Swim Tracks. Swim Tracks is the smartest swim-specific tracker ever. It registers a ton of swim data that is translated into valuable, real-time insights. It tracks the three most important data points for coaches and swimmers, time, heart rate, and stroke rate. You and your swimmers can now, from just one device, Make sure you're training in the correct energy zones with the correct number of strokes. Visit swimtracks.com and schedule your free demo today. That's swimtracks.com. Swimtracks.com. All right, we're up. Matthew Broussard, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Big fan.
0: Well, I appreciate it. Now, listen. I I had Anders Holm, who is a former swimmer, now a famous comedian, just like yourself. And I felt a lot of pressure at the time to be funny. And am I expected to be funny here?
1: No, no. You, you you're, <laughs> I am. I am very excited to be around. Uh, my my whole life in comedy is being excited <laughs> about swimming around people who don't know what I'm talking about. So this this is where I feel at home. Um, yeah. I met Andres, actually, my my first ever uh, TV appearance was on a show called Adam Devine's House Party. Mm. Uh, who Adam Devine is uh, his fellow cast member from uh, Workaholics, and he had a, a stand-up comedy show. And when I went to the the, the, the taping, I, I performed comedy, and then the audience, I walked to the audience, and Andres was standing there. And the first thing I said to him was, "I'm moving to LA. Have any good masters team recommendations?" Mm. And uh, he told me, he told me where to swim, and he told me his first job in Hollywood was uh, from someone he met. At, I think the Santa Monica pool.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a swim nerd too. He he watches the podcast. He keeps up with swimming just like you. I mean, you 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 just told me that you you're the same way. Um, I guess when swimming's in your blood, it's just there, and you kind of you, it's, uh, it's part of your life, eh?
1: yeah and it's hard to explain to people how much it can mean to you to to watch a sport where you can't even you're not even sure you're watching the correct person <laughs> competing. <laughs> But I was, uh, and, and for the record, let me say it. I was, a, I was a bad swimmer. I was not, uh, not good at it, uh, and I think that's why I love it so
0: much. Because well, tell us athlete. your background. I mean, you you can swim, man, and give yourself some credit here. You, you've done, you've done clinics for me in the past where you've where you've instructed kids on how to swim. I know you can do it. So uh, tell me your background.
1: I was a. I started as a runner in middle school. I started very mm-hmm. young as a runner, five uh, yeah. k. Uh, not, not bad at that um and about halfway through high school I was still running I tried every other sport I didn't like running because I was so skinny and I didn't think girls were gonna like me because I was so skinny so I tried <laughs> playing football and lacrosse and I was mm-hmm. terrible at those uh, got back into running was starting to get good at it again uh, my sophomore year and then got injured and figured okay well if I can't run I'll do another endurance sport I'll do swimming should be no big deal uh and not good at it uh, I I just wasn't I didn't know the strokes. I didn't have a natural form. The only thing I seemed competent at was breaststroke kick. And I swam on my high school team, my sophomore and junior year. And then my senior year, I joined a club team and started to take it more seriously. Uh, Didn't have the times to go D1 or even D3. Uh, So I went to a college that had a women's team, Rice University, Mm. and I signed up to be the manager. So I managed the women's swim team all four years of college. Wow. And um, I swam with the master's team. We didn't have a real club team. So the college team was also kind of ran the master's team. And I trained with them five, six days a week. Uh, wow. I kept up a really solid amount of swimming in college despite having no um, real need to. I just loved it, loved it so much. Yeah, hour hour in a day typically. Uh, good sets, but the the, the craziest part was that the masters teams. You don't know what that is? It's just over eighteen, but most of yeah. the people are like forty five plus doctors. who mm-hmm. could Just kick my butt. I was twenty years old, and they were still running circles around me.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. They take that shit serious, man. They're so head.
1: serious. Yeah. You, you 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 see those like expensive suits? Mm-hmm. You know, like the seven hundred dollar suits. And you're like, who buys those? You know, like half the people <laughs> I know get them for free because they're, you know, D one athletes. And it's, yeah. it's, it's 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 the master simmers. the simmers will go out and buy like three blue 70s in yeah. every size
0: yeah yeah they spend the and then, cash
1: and then uh after college i uh i did a, a triathlon and um i just on a whim and at the end i hadn't been running in years and at the end of the uh, triathlon i did a 5k and mm. my time on that 5k was a pr wow and and what I had realized was all this time I was frustrated with swimming and not getting much back from it. I was building my cardio to where when I came back to running, I was a better runner just for, wow. for the, the the endurance I built. And then I spent about a year or two doing triathlons, and I I enjoyed that a lot.
0: That's interesting that you did it all through college just for the love. I mean, most people don't love going to practice, but that seemed like for you that was a thing.
1: Yeah, I did six ams. I don't oh, know. I did six ams. I didn't have to go to. <laughs> i don't understand because my my girlfriend who is uh was a uh, national champion national teamer one of the best yep. 200 breaststrokers to ever live, she so was like well, there's nothing harder than having to wake up for a 6 a.m mm-hmm. and i said there is it's not having to wake up for a 6 a.m
0: <laughs> yeah so i've had one other comedian other than anders on the on the show that's uh laura and uh that's right. laura soga and uh, and yeah, so she she is a former Texas swimmer, national champion, f- phenomenal swimmer in her own right. So you two have been dating for a, a while now. I see that you've you've dragged her into the comedic realm. Um, <laughs> that's pretty cool that you got you guys are doing that together.
1: Yeah, so so yeah, we've been dating six years, and I um, wow. I knew her. I swam one summer in Austin. Mm. And I knew I knew the name because they had pictures of her everywhere, and I knew she was a good breaststroker. And I keep up with the sport; I follow it. I don't follow any other sports. You know, it's it's my my ESPN is to is to watch swimming. Um, and uh, I saw some interview with her, and I thought she was really cute. And I followed mm. her on Instagram. And uh, we ended up chatting there and we uh, ended up dating for a year long distance and then moving in together. So wow. she was my celebrity crush.
0: <laughs> well, she might have said the same about you then. she's, she's saying, Did you did you pull her into comedy? How did she get in?
1: She, I, I, I don't think I did. I think the reason she was interested in dating a comedian is because it's she's always been interested in comedy. When I met okay, her, she was doing uh, improv already. Oh, okay um, and i think she would have started comedy sooner but uh i i have to say the schedule of a professional swimmer and that of a professional comedian are uh nearly opposite in terms of the waking hours the yes uh, yes comedy starts at you know 10 p.m sometimes mm-hmm. midnight and yeah. there's no avoiding 6 a.m so i think once yeah. her schedule got back around she was eager to try stand up
0: yeah. My, my son's a musician. He's 19 and, uh, he's, he's a night owl. He goes from, yeah, he he's, he's starting to get going at about 8 PM and then he's really fired up about 11 o'clock and then he's, he's getting down about 4 AM. I'm like, he's total opposite <laughs> of to what I was just. Yeah, pushing. when you wake up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, tell me this then how, how did comedy come into your life? how did you get into it?
1: Actually from, um, kind of from a triathlon injury. I wanted to try it I don't I don't think I don't know if I had any particular (laughs) it's not the most romantic story it was it was a performance art that I could still do Mm. I I had came from a family of scientists I was told that you know uh, I got I got a math degree and I was told that you know math was going to be how I made a living Mm. uh, because of who I was and where I came from and I had finished college I had a job and it just for some reason, got I think I saw Donald Glover live and it kind of got in my mind of technically I could do this. I don't need to play guitar. I don't need to have the coordination of a dancer or the training of an actor. Comedy seems like something anyone can just start doing. So why not give it a try? It's my last shot to have that kind of job. And I started wow. and I really loved it. And I just started doing, uh, I was living in Houston. I started doing open mics once a week. And that wasn't enough. So I started doing it every night and then oh. I just, I think there was a point maybe three or four months in where it clicked that it was just like swimming. I needed to treat it just like swimming. If I put in the most time, I would do the best.
2: Oh, um, really? You had that theory. Yeah. Okay.
1: It was truly the same thing because I would, I would dread going to shows and I wanted to just go and do well, and then have everything handed to me. And then it it, it it dawned on me that you, you treat if you treat this like a, a, a training, where it's it's enjoy the pain, enjoy the wins, enjoy all of it, and just know that even if you don't see it from day to day, you're getting better.
0: Wow! See, I've never gone to a comedy show and thought to myself, "I could do that." I've always thought the opposite. I could never do that. Like that looks fucking hard. Like these yeah. guys are. Re- I mean, I've seen your show. You're 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 sharp and you're polished and. You know, you've got the crowd eating out of your hand. I mean, there, there's levels to this thing, man. And I'm imagining starting at the bottom level is just really miserable, isn't it?
1: Extremely. There's just no getting around that. And right. there, what's, that, what's that famous line of, uh, if you saw the effort I put into this, it wouldn't mm. seem the least bit remarkable. Right, um, yeah. And, and maybe you feel that way about swimming, where I'm sure you mm. started very talented, but it's... The, the, to to go to make one ten, a 10th of a second drop in your best mm. event was no one would think that was worth it. What it took mm. to get from, you know, bronze to silver. Um, sw- uh, the swimming was, uh, very, it's the most physically painful thing I've ever done. It, it hurts like nothing else. Uh, comedy was emotionally that and part of me felt i can deal with this because i already i already did a uh, an activity that required me to almost suffocate multiple times a day i can handle a little bit of <laughs> embarrassment and shame and waiting for my name to get pulled out of a hat but the first year of comedy is so miserable i'm not sure how i got through it mm. you bomb most of the time you have no sense of if you're if you'll ever be good and, and when you're not good at comedy you're never you're never okay at comedy you're bad and it's embarrassing and you finish mm. And you want to dig a hole and climb down into it and never never talk to anyone again that's the hard part
0: and that, that's how i imagine it yeah exactly i'm glad you're honest with that because I've, I've heard other people speak and kind of gloss over that first year of pain and agony and i
1: can't say it goes away after a year either the <laughs> hardest one of the hardest things with laura starting was i will you know i'll support everything she does and, right. and i will be I'll be here for, her, but knowing that she had to deal with that kind of pain and there was nothing I could do right, right. To, for her to avoid that.
0: But you are, you are a mentor to her. How difficult is it to date somebody and be a mentor at the same time and give them like honest feedback, but it, the, the, the type of feedback that's going to help them grow beyond just kind of smashing them and killing them, you know?
1: Yeah. I try to be, I just try to look for the moments where where she, where she's probably feeling the most uh, beaten down mm. by all of it, because I remember those moments very right. vividly and, and just try to say, hey, this is normal. This is the pain associated with this. I know mm. it doesn't seem like it should hurt this much, but it does for everyone. And you're doing nothing wrong and just just keep moving. I don't know. Does, does swimming and swim coaching have the same feeling, the, the emotional game of it? being so important
0: for sure yeah i'm listen anytime you come back from a break you feel like you've gone three years backwards right like you you take a month off and you're like what why did i do that for like i've gone so far back i made all these gains and i'm having to start from scratch again obviously not starting from nothing but you have you have to rebuild and there's a period of time where you know in when you're in college they have kind of two seasons really they have the fall and then they have the spring the spring is like the celebration you're out there racing you're competing you're going back to back meets and 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 you're 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 working off that success that that grind that you put in in the fall the fall is kind of like get your ass back into shape and that's when mm-hmm. you have all those fears and doubts and questions like when that alarm goes off at 5:30 in the morning on a on an october you know, November, December morning, you're like, what am I doing this for? Right. And there's those mm-hmm. moments. So there's that grind that I'm sure that, that you have to go through in, in comedy for sure. So when you, when you were going through that, who was that person for you? Who was the person to pick you up? A lot of people.
1: I had a lot of people and there's just really? no way I could ever thank them enough. But the people I started with in Houston, Chase DeRusso, Bob Biggerstaff, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, Danny Jollis, um, and then, even later on, Laura. Laura was always there to make me feel better about myself. I met her when I was like five, five or six years into comedy. This is here's a question I have for you. Mm. What was the most painful set you ever did? And I want you to answer not what, not what is the most painful looking set you ever did. What was the hardest set to get through mentally?
0: Right. Uh, it's it's fairly clear for me um, because I hated doing endurance. Endurance for me was never fun. Right. Like I. It was always like the opposite of what I wanted to do. And, and, and I knew at times it was kind of a necessary evil. You kind of had to, had to go through the endurance. It's almost mm-hmm. like you saying, stepping up every night to an open mic and just saying, I've got to go through this. I've got to go through. It's that pain you've got to go through. So I clearly remember a set that I did as a 17-year-old, long course, 50-meter pull. It was six 1500s on 20 minutes. And and it was just it's not so much the it's not so much that is like super difficult because it's just swimming up and down the pool. But for me, it was that why am I going through this? And and at the time you're not really sure. You can't really quantify well, like what am I doing this for? But then when you look back on your time, you're like, oh, that, that's kind of a weeding out period as well. Of like this, this separates the men from the boys, as they say, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then and you'll see it in comedy, you'll see talented people at times just not prepared to go through that slog not prepared to kind of cross those rivers and go up that mountain and they and they drop off and i it's funny i tell this story quite often that i made the olympic i made my first olympic team at the age of 25 that's that's fairly late to make an olympic team yeah and uh my school it was actually the sydney olympics and my school asked me to come back and talk to the school and a lot of the same teachers were still there. So I left school when I was 17 years old. And by the time I was 25, you know, there's some years past. A lot of the same teachers were still there. And the one thing they said to me was, Brett, how did you make the Olympic team? We we thought it was going to be this guy or that guy. They had memories of swimmers that were better than me at the time. And I just said to them, I didn't give up. Like, that was it. Like, I just didn't quit. So many of the people that were maybe more talented than me or were bigger, stronger, faster, whatever it was, they just weren't prepared to go through that grind of saying, you know what? Ultimately, I'm going to get to where I want to be. I'm not there now, but I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm getting there and nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to fall down. I'm going to pick myself up. I'm going to have to beg, borrow and steal. I'm going to do whatever it takes because I want to be an Olympian. And that's, I would imagine, a very similar type mindset at some point. Now there's obviously that like hey dude you're just not that funny maybe <laughs> you know like there yeah. might be there might be some of that like yeah. but, like I knew I knew I had some talent and if I if I kept working I could figure it out I knew it I just knew it in me you know
1: That's that's the, I think the hard part with comedy of, of there's no clock Right There's no way cuz you could at least tell yourself you were this far from your goal where right comedy are only as good as your last set which you could yeah. feel like you could feel like the king of the world or the biggest loser you know one one thing i did i don't know if this is true for everyone but i looked at sets and how much i hated them and it had less to do with how difficult the set was and and way more to deal do with how i was doing because some pretty simple mm. sets could hurt really bad if they if, right. if my splits weren't good Right. It was like a very makeable interval but I was just just not not hitting what I what I should be and and mm-hmm. that hurt more than the actual most backbreaking workouts so those are actually pretty yeah. fun those real legendary sets where you still think how did I do that yeah uh, that wasn't actually that painful because you were so motivated each time you stopped and saw your time you're like I can do another that was a great split so
0: let me ask you this then you know people people, people say in comedy that uh, a lot of it has to do with the crowd. I mean the material could be basically the same right a week a day after day, you know mm-hmm. But the but the crowd could you could bomb one night and then have success with with the same or similar material the next night I don't fully understand that. How does that work?
1: There was a, a there's a great quote by Lily Tomlin a very hmm. very famous comedian um, uh, I'm gonna paraphrase it uh, horribly but she said she worked at, at Disney World before she uh, had success. And she worked in the Hall of Presidents. And there was a, uh, a motorized a robot, Abraham Lincoln, who would stand up and talk to the crowd as the trolley passed by. And she says, some days he killed it up there. And some <laughs> days, boy, he bombed. Um, and it's a similar thing where you, you wonder what you did wrong. You wonder what they did wrong. Uh, again, swimming is so different because swimming, you know it was all you because you have your own lane and maybe, maybe open water swimming. You could say, was it, was it the, the waves? Was it the other people? But yeah, I, I do think that crowds can change age, uh, where you are in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Metro, rural, suburban, um, yeah, it's, it's very, very different, but certain jokes seem to work very consistently. And uh, I would say that the, the jokes are important, but I I think like 60% plus is just um, your energy and whether you seem authentic and whether you are kind Mm. of uh, connecting with the crowd. Because there's some nights where I I don't do good material, but I just have, uh, I hit the stage in a very good mood and and have a good kind of rapport with the crowd and and jokes that shouldn't work are working. And Mm. then more often, I'll go up there and do a word perfect set that I've worked on the jokes for years and I know they're good and I'll still just not really get much laughs because it wasn't genuine so wow it's, uh yeah it's
0: now you seem to be a movie. particular type of comedian too like i guess each comedian has their own what do you call it like you know they have their voice. own kind of yeah their own voice their own persona in a way like you you come across as a very intelligent comedian like you you speak you you talk you your jokes are intelligent and and the way that you build them um you know it's you can clearly tell that you're smart and you're a thinker is that the kind of the way you wanted to come across as a comedian
1: i'm happy it does i I mean that um that's i appreciate that that's about the highest compliment you you can give me i come from uh yeah uh, it's not my goal I'm 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 trying to be funny that's my first goal uh mm-hmm. but I come from a very academic family who was very disappointed I picked this as my job so mm. perhaps that's uh my my insecurity that I didn't pick a different path uh <laughs> manifesting in my comedy I'm using uh, bigger words than I need to be
0: but yeah. do you try and uh, do you try and you know cut your own path where it's like you create separation with other comedians like I don't want to necessarily go down the way that they're doing things I want to I want to set my own standard over here so that when people hear me, like they, they know that I'm different, that I stand out. Is that is that kind of part of your thinking?
1: Absolutely. I think mm. uh, this is a hugely broad statement. And uh, I'm I'm sorry for making such a generalization, but I think that's one of the biggest differences between artists and athletes. I mm. think athletes want to be the best at a specified thing. And artists know they can't so if you create your own event you are by default the winner so if you create your own voice your own style your own genre of what you're doing you're therefore the best at it um so i I, my goal is to be good at what i do but i really wanna i want it to be distinct I, i i think that's more important that that you could hear a joke from me and know it was my joke um just based on all of the details about it. That is, that is the dream. And I'm still working towards that. I always, you, you work really the hard time. I forget as quote it was, but you, you worked for years just to sound like yourself.
0: How, how do you grow then? How do you like, now that you're on this track where people recognize you and they've started to get an understanding of who you are, how do the, how do you then grow into maybe, you know, beyond like, you know, I would imagine at, at some point, it's almost like a a singer songwriter like you sing the same you know song that's very famous for 20 years i I would get sick of the song so then in terms of your delivery and things like that can you can you change those up to keep yourself interested
1: oh yeah um you're talking about like from performance to performance i mean i'm trying to be more present Uh, i'm really working harder on being present and in the room Mm. and if things happen if i if i see things that are happening I can react to those in real time rather than just doing my jokes how they're written. Uh, right. Talk to people, see what inspiration I can get from that in the crowd. Um, I try to write every day, um, sit down and write. That's it's incredibly painful. It's it's something that every writer says, and it I always forget it until I sit down to write. Sitting down and just trying to get ideas out that are good hurts so much. Hurts so much more than swimming, Abram. uh Really, just sit there and try to have it. it's so painful. It is what ernest hemingway said you know the the writing is easy you just have to sit down at a typewriter and bleed um
0: (laughs) are you are you pen and paper or are you computer
1: computer i like i like i like organizing things i like scrolling back through and uh laura has been a big uh, teacher to me of just discipline motivation Mm. and what i saw with laura at her level was she getting in and swimming hard every day is the easy part of being a swimmer
2: right
1: what what seems like the hard part is doing the prehab and the stretching and Mm. the proper dieting and getting to sleep on time even though you'd really love to stay up an hour watching tv that's Mm. what makes the great athletes i think Mm -hmm. pushing hard in the pools it's it's kind of fun i know it's really painful and and to any swimmers let's say i'm not saying like it's easy but like for me to actually have the discipline with the rest of your life, that's what really counts. And that's what separates, you know, great athletes yeah. um, is the discipline for the not exciting parts. And that's what I have to do, too, as, as a comedian is sit down and write. I mean, going up and performing is fun. Yes, I do mm-hmm. it every night and I have to, but I, I enjoy that. That's that's we get to have a championship race every night. Um, it's, it's sitting down and writing every day. That's the, the you know, that's not in the spotlight, you know, what, what, what we do in the shadows brings us to the, to the mm-hmm. light, yeah. um, and then even the, the tedious stuff of finding old clips and posting them on my social media, because even if I wrote a good joke and did it well, I still need to make sure people online see it. So there's the social media aspect of my career that I have to take more seriously. Um, so, you know, more people come out to see me. So.
0: Habits. What's the next phase for you? like where where are you at with with your comedy? I mean, you've you've appeared on different shows. um is it is it like you want to have specials come out, you know, every couple of years? where Where are you at with it?
1: Yeah, I'd love to just keep developing material. I'd love to tour. um I'd love to have another hour ready. I've put out a lot of material recently, so I'm just kind of in this I'm kind I, I feel like I'm in the fall. I feel mm. like the fall training where this isn't the part where I, you know I'm ready. let's race. I'm like, let's let's just, you know put in some some work and get some new jokes going and try to build as a performer and you know maybe in a year see what my hour of material looks like um and and i'm happy to be in that phase that's that's an exciting phase
0: Um, what's the most uncomfortable phase for you is like the very beginning where you just really have bare bones
1: yes when you when you when you've taken your best joke filmed it and put it out and now you can't keep doing that joke right uh, jokes start really really bad they just have yeah. to they just it, there's there's a thing uh if you go to a lot of comedy shows they'll say this is a new joke and what that means is it's a bad joke you have to tell a joke about a hundred times mm. before it gets any good and that's if it has potential to begin with which nine out of ten times it doesn't ah um <laughs> dark room <laughs> 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 um the uh let me see if i can move around I
0: like that.
1: Yeah, right. Right. As I'm talking about the personal stuff, um, (laughs) that is strange, the, the jokes, you have to start with a joke and throw an idea out there and there's such a bias, personal bias Mm. that because you came up with something, it's funny and then you run it by a crowd and they don't laugh at all. (laughs) And then there's no hiding that fact. You told a joke and no one laughed. I'm sure everyone's felt that in conversation. It's miserable. Uh, multiply that by a hundred when you do it to a big room of people, and then you have to just continue on with, then then you just, your next joke is an old one just to make sure it's good. Uh, and that's all while trying to kind of calibrate for the randomness of reaction in any crowd. Like you said, that there's a subjective, you know, they one joke might just not work tonight for some reason, uh, but that that beginning phase when things are very, uh, yeah. let me stand up and see if I can turn this on.
0: Yeah, you are, Doc
1: yes I'm at a. am with uh Bert am with Bert Kreischer right now and we're in Madison Wisconsin and I'm in a- he's
0: back on the drink again huh
1: hey? he's going he's going uh more relaxed with it okay he's, good he's yeah he's, he's 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 he did sober October and yeah uh, I got to do that so Bert Kreischer if you're not familiar is a very famous comedian you might have seen him on Netflix I've been opening for him on the road and uh, I was with him in October he did sober October where he yeah. would do a hundred pushups and burn 500 calories every day. Wow. And, um, as a, as a swimmer, I, I, I had to join the workouts, you know, you can't just watch your boss work yeah. you know, and, and not, not join.
0: Yeah. I, I watch him on Joe Rogan. I, he, it's good. I like the I like the stuff they they do there and, uh, kind of the fun they have together. And, and yeah, how do you, how do you get on? How do you do that then? Like, uh, how do you get invited to be an opener for someone like him?
1: Uh, I, in 2014, I was in Atlanta, Georgia visiting my mom and I reached out to the club, uh, saying that I was in town that weekend and would love to feature for whoever was, uh, headlining that weekend. Mm. And, uh, Bert was the headliner that weekend. And this was before the machine made him a world famous comedian. Um, Mm. and we did shows together all weekend and on the last show, uh, my mom came and halfway through his set, he made me and my mom come on stage and take a shot with him. Um, <laughs> and he told my mom that he thought, uh, I was going to, uh, make a career in comedy despite her oh, wow. fears. Nice. I wouldn't yeah, it was, it was great. And then, uh, I didn't hear from him for about eight years. Uh, we, we didn't <laughs> talk to her, it was just, you know, didn't overlap very much. Um, and then I got a message saying he would love to have me as an opener on his tour and it's been wow. a blast it's so fun we we do these big shows in all these different cities we finish the show we get out on the bus and we you know maybe have a drink maybe sit around maybe go to a bar and then the bus takes off around 2 a.m and drives overnight and we wake up in the next city and we do that for, so
0: everybody's on the bus time. together yeah wow yeah.
1: comics That's really crew. cool it's a great time it's really fun and uh he's been on a particular workout kick since i joined the tour so we've been doing we have kettlebells and a rowing machine and uh we even went and did a pool workout I mean, he filmed uh his challenge to wow. uh caleb dressel
2: oh, that's and, right. um,
1: and when, the, uh, when the shot cuts away to uh someone with a uh, better form than him swimming uh that was that was me as a body double uh, oh there you don't go know if, don't know if i'm blowing up a spot there
0: but yeah. <laughs> i love it um, ha- I guess then you get to witness the different levels. So when, you, when you're when you around someone like that, you know, when, when I'm around Caleb Dressel, you just mentioned him, you can see the difference, right? And, and you can see it's like, oh, wow, that you have to hit the light again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can see where somebody's special, right? So, like, what's the difference with someone like that? And then is that attainable? Do you, do you see people like him on that next level and think to yourself, okay if I did this this and this I could get there
1: with bird I don't it's 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 sometimes it's encouraging it's sometimes it's discouraging he has a lot of energy I see him on stage every night doing you know a hundred minute performances whereas Mm. when I'm headlining I do he'll do 80 to 100 minutes and I do 60 50 to 60 when I'm headlining I'm only doing you know 10 opening for him 10 15. um and and the way he's able to just go up and kind of tell us sometimes he'll just tell a new story and it's already funny. And I know that's the result of him having been doing comedy for 25 years, that he already, mm. he, he has such instincts as to how, how to tell a story and how to make it funny very quickly. Um, he's, he is, he's a monster. He's, mm. he's really talented and really hardworking and he uses every minute of every day to find ways to be a more entertaining person. Um, he's fun, he has a fun life, that's one of the bigger things. I see that I think what makes him really funny is he's not afraid to go out and have an adventure and live a life worth writing jokes about. Yeah. Um, and as a former swimmer, um, I tend to overvalue just, you know, burying myself in some activity, repetitive, um, discipline. And you need, I think you need some chaos and randomness in the, in the mixture. And I think that's true for even some Laura, Laura talks about how you know, you had to have some kind of life outside of swimming or your swimming would start to
0: suffer. Um, I mean, like with any, like with any art, maybe any artist, and especially ones that end up at that level, that there does seem to be some sort of tragedy around them as well. You know, it's not, uh, especially with comedians, right? Like there's a lot of comedians you think, oh, wow, they had to live on this like edge of a knife in order to to be that funny and live that life. Like you said, like Bert, Bert's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's known for, you know, drinking fairly heavily, but working pretty hard at the same time. So there's this knife edge where you're, you're balancing that out with the, with the comedy. Like, do you feel like there's some sort of sacrifice that you'd have to make in order to get to that level like that?
1: Yeah. Uh, the, there's a song called heart in a cage by the kinks. I don't know if it's the kinks or the kooks. But the opening line is: I don't write. I don't feel better when I'm fucking around, but I don't write better when I'm stuck in the ground. Right. And that 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 the the tear between, yeah, there's there's that fear that my my best life, my happiest self, would be as good of a comedian or as good of a yeah, a good of an artist, I, I suppose. Um, so there's that that balance. I I do yeah. want to be, you know, be happy outside of my achievements as a comedian. And, and something that, you know, Laura and I talk a lot about because with swimming is, is kind of a similar thing where she, to be a really good swimmer, you have to put all your eggs in one basket and right. for most people that basket will fall. Um, that is, that is the pain and the glory of swimming is that not everyone can have it, um, or, or, or achievement in general. So I, I do try to build my life to be a happy life outside of my achievements professionally yeah. and yeah. for me now that's swimming. I am so thrilled to be on the road and find a good pool and go for a good swim, oh really? and, and, and no do that it. does not help my career in the slightest, <laughs> yeah, I just do I just put on fins and do underwaters. That's all i I really do anymore, but
0: yeah, you and Anders need to get together. He seems to do the same thing. You guys have gotta do something together i'm I'm feeling like a connection here we're gotta we've gotta bond you two
1: i gotta find him yeah 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 similar I'll, hair
0: yeah I'll, I'll try and connect you two i have got his number and i got yours so i'm gonna i'm gonna put you to, if that's my thing i'm gonna put you two together i feel good about that in the future um but we need uh, a,
1: yeah a swim comedy a swim yeah. duo yeah yeah there we go I see
0: um what about movies or anything Do you have any ambition for that
1: oh absolutely i love oh, really? i love acting i started later than most and i i take really? classes and i audition really? quite frequently oh. it's uh yeah, it's it's also very painful. It's also a very painful thing. Yes. It's. I don't know why. And and everyone experiences this. Whether you you tried it a little, you read your scene, you know your character, you think you know exactly mm. what you're gonna do, and then the camera turns on and you freeze yep. up. Yeah. And yep. what what kills me is that I can go on stage and do comedy with uh, with uh, I, I I'm confident in my ability to make a crowd laugh. Um, mm. I. In, in, in most situations, if they can speak English and there's a microphone, I, I think I'll be able to do the job. Uh, but with acting, when you put me in front of three people, that's, uh, uh orders of magnitude scarier than putting me in front of 3000 people. Yeah. For some reason, trying to be funny in front of a casting director an associate and, uh, a, a reader is mm. absolutely terrifying.
0: We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Biney of Biney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates erica understands swimming she gets it she's worked with over 20 olympians including the fastest man in the world caleb dressel group discounts are available so go to biney wellness building and get in touch with erica today that's biney b-e-i-n-e wellness net. swim angelfish swim angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to SwimAngelfish.com today to apply. I didn't realize how... Uh, difficult acting was until I actually got asked to audition for a Gatorade commercial and all I had to do was take some Gatorade and drink it and and make myself look like I was thirsty like I was really enjoying the Gatorade that's all I had to do but I had to do that on camera in front of like you said a group of people and as soon as they said action for some reason my throat would just clam up and I just (laughs) I couldn't get the Gatorade down like like this and so it didn't matter how good I looked or how how relaxed I was before. As soon as the thing went on, and then and then I lost the role, and I saw this guy on TV, and and that was my reminder. Every time the Gatorade commercial came on, I saw the guy that beat me out for him. I'm like son of a bitch, he could just drink the Gatorade. <laughs> how he but it? acting how acting's it tough, man. It's, it's really tough.
1: tough. I have a lot of respect for people who are good at it, and I would love you know I would love to be part of uh, an ensemble sitcom cast someday. That's still. Mm my biggest dream i mean i loved community 30 rock office parks and rec those are were shows that were very formative for me and i love stand-up but there's a level of comedy uh achieved through uh, the sitcom format that i that i would still love to be a part of or, has there or been or any hope is
0: there, is, is there any hope there have you had you had any kind of like maybes
1: i've been on the league uh, the mindy project the Marvelous miss Maisel, all small parts mm. and then i had a. Uh, a good meaty part in a Billy Crystal, Tiffany Haddish movie that shot before wow. the pandemic and came out right after. So those Jeez. have been all been big wins. Um, okay, those were yeah. Every one of those was a an amazing feeling to to book and to be a part of.
0: Nice, and, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, well that that's super cool, man. It's been it's been really interesting. I, I could I could talk to you for hours. I I love the fact of just getting to understand excellence. You know, like to me that mm-hmm. that's the real kicker here is like understanding how people get to a certain level because like i'd imagine just like in swimming there's thousands of you know junior level swimmers but not all of them get to this point where they can they can kind of make a living out of it and and you're now at a point where you're getting paid to be funny i mean that's a really big deal for there's probably hundreds of thousands of comedians out there right now who aren't making a living off comedy right
1: yeah I'm really grateful for it and 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 before I had that i was extremely hungry for it mm. i was i was very ferocious my job suffered i i cast friendships aside it was every night every night of my life uh, we, we there's no such thing as as weekends out with my friends if i wasn't booked mm. for a show I was hanging out at one i i moved to la on the hope that I could maybe do uh, do better professionally um there's you you have to believe that you can do it, even if you can't. And and.
0: A few moments later. If you could say to anybody that wants to get to that next level and and be a comedian, so for you, sacrifice was kind of a necessary evil to kind of get to where you wanted to be.
1: Yes, and delusion.
0: <laughs> really, you,
1: that the, the the idea that you know I can't tell any person if they have what it takes to get there but you're definitely not going to get there if you don't think you have what it takes.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. So one way or another, you know, if if you want it, just choose to believe it is the best thing to do.
0: But there's, there's some talent right in, in athletics. Like if, if you, like I've seen people and I just feel so sorry for them when they're just like got zero talent and they're just trying and they're trying. I mean, you must've had some talent. You you have more than you think you have, right? At swimming, I mean. Well, what about, I mean, just in in comedy though, like you must see people that you're like, ah, you're just never going to get there.
1: I think that was the motivating thing for me in comedy was, was that with swimming, I put six, six solid years into it. I worked really hard at it Mm. and, and, and got to see that I didn't have it. I worked hard enough to, to know I didn't have it. So Mm. when I started comedy and the first time I did comedy, it actually went fairly well. And in uh, the first year of comedy, I, I saw that I had uh, ability above average. That I was right. in my first year that I was progressing yes. faster. Yes, within a, with, within a higher, a much higher percentile than most people were progressing. Uh, and I thought, well, if I could work that hard in swimming and I wasn't good at it, imagine this new thing where I actually do have some ability coming into it. Um, so right. that was a very motivated. So I, I, the idea that I failed at swimming was really motivating to me
0: right yes that that makes sense okay now before some of my best performances in the pool i would try and get in a very relaxed state almost almost like where i would just stop thinking and and turn the brain off and just allow the body to kind of go through the motions of what it's trained to do is that a similar thing comedy like right backstage are you just relaxing and not having to you know cram the jokes into your head
1: yeah i was um one of my first my first late night set was Conan I did in 2016, mm-hmm. and um, I was standing backstage. And this is a, a place most people will never get to see: is that you're standing uh, behind c- curtains, and there's mm-hmm. two uh, crew members who look like dock workers—just burly, art armed men wearing, you know, uh, you know, whatever their janitors' outfit, kind of looking mm-hmm. things with mustache and hats, real, real blue-collar guys. They're so standing there, and they're holding the curtain like this and their job is to when they say my name, pull the curtain open and I walk out and um, uh, I'm pacing back and forth. And uh, they they ask me a question, we're talking for a second or two, and they say, hey, we'll leave you alone. And I said, no, please talk to me until they say my name because I don't Mm. wanna remember what I'm about to do. I wanna Ah. forget what I am about to go do Uh, up until the moment I'm doing it because if I sit here and think about what I'm about to have to do I'm going to panic uh, that I have to for for five minutes word perfect performance perfect fake all of this uh, all of this whatever performance and and remember all these words yeah I love to just forget that I'm about to race and then then sometimes I if I'm if I'm so nervous that I can't control it uh, I try to reframe it of you're not nervous you're excited enjoy mm. the you know enjoy the privilege of getting to go up and speak to people get enjoy the privilege of this pressure you know it's mm. it's, it's it's a high pressure yeah. situation that you earned your way into i mean same probably yeah. same with big meat so you're like you're behind Very the box similar. for a reason
0: yeah yeah exactly you're right yeah you have to say those things to each other because we have a tendency as as humans to kind of uh negative negative thoughts are very easy to flow in like Mm -hmm. it's very difficult for the positivity just to to seep in but some reason the doubts and the fears just like flood into you and so it's almost like you have to push them out and and hold the doors you know like Mm -hmm. hold hold and just let the let the positivity kind of just float around for a second because uh those fears and doubts can be uh crippling at times you know
1: yes i like to pretend i'm my younger self looking at me now in those moments of uh, Mm. picture myself as an open micer, not sure I had what it takes to do to get paid $10 to do comedy much less uh you know be on television and think how would I view myself Uh, if I was 23 looking at myself now at 34 about to go on stage and film whatever and and that always makes me feel a lot better Uh, I'm sure I wouldn't I would look at myself and go hey be happy look at what you're about Mm. to do aren't you excited about that
0: yeah what about this? Just uh, one one last thing here. I can remember a couple of times in my career where, where it was a big moment and and I performed really well. Is there, is there a, a performance that stands out in your mind where you're most proud of, where you feel like you knocked it out of the park, where you were under a lot of pressure?
1: Yes. Uh, in October, 2013, I had moved to LA mm. and my, my boss had let me keep my job in finance. Um, and I was, I felt so blessed that I could keep a day job that was, Mm. that would end at five o'clock and I could go do comedy and I wouldn't have to make this leap to a professional comedian. And then I lost my job as soon as I got there, uh, under some (laughs) very unfortunate circumstances that were out of my control. Uh, and I was terrified. I didn't have a day Mm. job. All I had was my savings. And suddenly it felt like I had to make comedy into a career. And I put all this effort into not putting the pressure of making comedy a career. Um on myself. And then suddenly I had to and I had to make ends meet. And I booked a NACA convention, NACA Nationals, which is the college showcase for uh the whole country where you go up and you do comedy. And I it was in Boston. I had a flight to Boston from LA and on the way to the airport, I got I I got a message that the Boston airport shut down. So Mm -hmm. I had to get my flight rerouted to Hartford and I flew into Hartford and I got a rental car and I drove down to Boston and I stayed at a hostel and I had to be at sound check by eight AM uh for a 10 a.m performance and i was first on the show the host wasn't even it was a thousand college bookers the host wasn't even a comedian the host was a spoken word poet which meant (laughs) i was warming up the crowd at 10 a.m on a (laughs) god thursday just the least conducive it needed to be for comedy and i knew my whole career rode on that show it (laughs) needed to be i needed to book call enough colleges to pay my rent for the year or i was going back home Mm. And it is the only set in my life where the crowd wasn't good, and I willed it into being a good show. I don't yeah. know what happened, but I said this has to be good. Mm. It can't be bad. I have no choice in the matter. This set needs to go well. I will make it go well. And I booked forty shows. That was that was one of my proudest moments. See,
0: man, you, you you tap into that energy more often than not. You're gonna be you're gonna be exactly where you want to be. You know, like yeah. that's it. You know. Yeah that's the energy man i love that that's an awesome story that's like that that do or die mentality of like this has to work and i'm gonna make it work i love that
1: and it doesn't usually that attitude fails so horribly (laughs) i've had that attitude so many other times since of like this has to go well you're like bad energy for comedy come up there all
0: aggro. force it Yeah. yeah yeah well i appreciate it well uh in terms of over the next few months where can people find you Oh, uh, I've
1: got dates coming up in uh, Toronto, Detroit, DC, Minneapolis. Uh, I'm Monday, Punday on all platforms, and Monday you can Punday. check out yeah, uh, and you can check out my dates at live.
0: Cool. We'll put these uh, links in the show notes too. So if anyone wants to check you out, uh, please go do it. Uh, I, Matthew, appreciate it, man. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Geeked out to be speaking with a legend. Really appreciate <laughs> you having me on. Thanks, man. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. VASA has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. VASA's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few VASA trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to VASATrainer.com, use code BRETT at checkout and get 10% off anything from VASA.